It's a football podcast with Safadine. They're going to need as much juice as they can. Whatever juice is left that they can squeeze out of, of Big Ben's arm. Tyler Dragon. So call me the LeBron James of this podcast. And Josina Anderson. This is the dog in here. The hook. <laughs> I'm just saying, we, that's what we might see is the DMX version of Brady. They might come in all black, everything. Might be Rockefeller, you know what I'm saying? Each week, our USA Today Sports Plus Insiders talk X's, analyze O's, and bring you behind the scenes. Exclusive, entertaining, insightful, because they know football. But what's it called? It's a football podcast. Guys, it's week four of the NFL season already. We're already a month into the season. Josina's got a brand new show. She's acting brand new on us. <laughs> Tyler, I want you to know I'm nine and six and you're eight and seven in our picks. Oh, So I'm Lord. doing better than yours. I have to rub that in at the start of the podcast. He's coming out with heat to start. Guys, Tyler, what are we going to do? What are we going to do, Tyler? You got you to gotta come with it. You got to come with it this with week. The com- we're coming okay. with the combo package. Well, well yes, Josina is cheating on us. <laughs> oh, so, God. You know, oh, I, I, I am a little salty on that. But Safid, for you, you know... I don't start off good, but I finish strong. It's oh, all about okay, okay. wins at the end. Why you got all uh, these cheesy the, 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 cliches? The, 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 the so cheesy, the, the, right? The, 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 war, the Warriors were up 3-1 against, you know, LeBron and the Cavs, and LeBron came back. So call Gosh. me LeBron James. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> jab, uppercut, jab. Gotcha. LeBron James. All right. I'm Safa Deed, NFL Insider with USA Today Sports. I'm joined by LeBron James. <laughs> Senior insider Josina Anderson here. Oh my goodness, y'all! Guys, guys, let's talk. Let's get right into it. Into the big game this week. Tom Brady is going back to New England. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to face the New England Patriots. Going to be Brady's first game back in Foxborough since he left Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Um, Guys, this seems the more and more that we hear about this game before it happens, it seems like a really, really bad breakup between. You know, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick after so many years together in New England, so many Super Bowl titles together. Uh, Josine, I'll kick it off to you. You know, what are some things that you're looking forward to, you know, in this matchup this week? Well, I would say first and foremost is just to watch how the Patriot fans receive Tom Brady. And then secondly, I think as always, when you have a matchup like this and uh, two people that either played on the same team or what have you, uh, reunite in this fashion um, is just to see what happens pregame, you know, if they hug, if they shake, if it's ice, you know, what it is. And then naturally it's the game and the result of the game. Um, I just think when you look at how the Saints um, handled the Patriots after getting, you know, uh, clobbered by the Panthers um, and then just the way that the 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 uh, Buccaneers rather are just so loaded and just having signed as Richard Sherman announced uh, this morning, um, they're coming, they're coming in there with their entire artillery, artillery, just guns blazing. And I just feel like, wow, you know, this really could be, this really could be an embarrassment. (laughs) That's how I feel. Yeah. Wow. A blowout. Josina's calling the blowout. Tyler, what do you think about that, man? So, I have to agree with Josina. You know, I think Tom Brady is going to get a loud ovation um, when he goes to Foxborough. 
and deservingly so, best player of all time in Patriots uniform. And I, if I had to gauge what the Bill Belichick Tom Brady exchange is going to be like, I think it's going to be business professional, <laughs> if I can put it that okay, way. That's good. Um, that's a good take label. Yes, but you know, I really do think that the Bucks are going to go there and really uh, put a beat down on the Patriots. Tom Brady has already uh, said this game is not a time to reminisce. He's all about business going down there, and Mac Jones is going to struggle versus this uh, Buccaneers offense. He's not going to be able to keep on dinking and dunking down the field against Levante uh, David and Devin White and those boys. So I really do believe that this game is not even going to be close. And plus, the Buccaneers are coming off a loss in Los Angeles, so they, you know, want to get back in the victory column. It's going to be a feel-good game when, you know, at the beginning, maybe they'll have, you know, tributes and kumbayas because, you know, Robert Kraft, that's his boy through and through. So there might be a little bit of that pregame, but during the game, it's going to be all business. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, they're going to win and win probably handily. So it's going to be like DMX, X going to give it to you. Gonna give it, <laughs> shout they're going to be coming back. They're going to thug it. I mean, I, I don't <laughs> okay, know if I'm Thug and Tom me. Brady goes in the same <laughs> sentence. Um, but, you know, he's going to do his thing. But okay. uh, I don't know if he's going to be throwing up the X sign. The dog <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. We that's what we might see is the DMX version of Brady. They might come in all black, everything it might be Rockefeller, you know what I'm saying? Let you know what the aura is gonna be. If, if, if Tom saying. Brady does that, I will be amazed. <laughs> I think I think we just found a new segment for the podcast where right. Josina, you know, right. has her best DMX impersonation. Oh, and she's leading us into cooking one we have the cooking hour with Josina and then oh, the DMX. Gosh. Why y'all wow. throwing that? Oh yeah, I did bring that up. Oh, it's that yeah. it was a dating thing with you. That's right. That's right. That's, the cooking one was on me. There yeah, you go. The it's it's more did. like it's it's more like the cooking hour and then the cookie monster. That sounds more like the cookie monster. Than <laughs> <being> like, <laughs> yeah, my octave is not quite his. That's why he was who he was because he has the unique tenor uh, to his voice quality. But no, I think I think um, you know what, what's interesting is I, I saw a tweet come out from PFT this morning and it was a quote from Josh McDaniels where he was saying, and I thought it was just not only applicable, obviously to Mac Jones, but just in life in general, where he was saying he can't, he was saying that Mac Jones can't let one bad moment, one bad uh, game snowball into a bad season. And I thought that that was a really short, but profound statement is like, you know, when things uh, don't go your way, you have a devastating moment or you're starting to really realize, you know, what the pace and level of the NFL is, you know, that is what separates these players. And matter of fact, last week, you guys, we were talking about the rookie quarterbacks in terms of how they're going to handle this pressure. That, that's what separates it because you can't be living in your head. That headspace has to be clear. You got to go to bed, clear the cartridge and come back and be able to show you can shake it off as much as you can, you know, show that you might have a Patrick Mahomes type arm or whatever. It's all of that together. And even if you have the 80%, if that last 20% is not rocking, uh, you know, between your shoulders or between your ears, then you know, it really doesn't matter. So I thought that was an interesting comment from uh, McDaniel. So I'd be also interested to see how he preps him and how also the rookie uh, responds. I think, yeah, I think Josina's points about Mac Jones definitely apply to, to Brady and Belichick as well. 
having the right mind space and, and being ready for just this game this week alone. Guys, there's a lot of layers to this Patriots breakup that, you know, that's came to light in, in, in a new book that's going to be coming out from um, ESPN's Seth uh, Wickersham. You know, two points that I saw, you know, that from the book that are mentioned is, you know, Belichick told Brady that, you know, he wasn't wasn't able to meet up and have a goodbye in person. But they had to speak on the phone about that. And and another thing, too, is, you know, Brady kind of wanted to stop playing for New England back in 2017 um, before their breakup, you know, last year or two. So this was years in the making. This is layers upon layers of 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 two guys who were really, really at the top of their games. Belichick being one of the best coaches in the NFL and Tom Brady being the greatest quarterback in NFL history. And, you know, this is like every breakup that we see in sports, you know, Shaq and Kobe. Um, just one that comes to mind right there when guys are, are winning and they're at the top of their games, not everything is sweet. You know, some things, all good things are, are meant to come to an end. Yeah, it's, it's kind of unfortunate because you kind of believe they might have been able to squeeze out one more Super Bowl win out of that dynasty. But like you said, it was kind of a power pool between a tug of war between both of them. Brady wanted some leverage. Belichick wanted leverage. But now the breakup is all done. And, you know, it's weird because Belichick really wanted Garoppolo a few years back. And that's when the breakup, I believe, started to happen. That's when it started to materialize. And then when, you know, that was a power struggle going on in New England, the writing was on the wall then. And Brady's days were pretty much numbered in New England. But I think they're both are happy now with their situations. Belichick has a new quarterback in Mac Jones. And yes, he's not playing very well right now, but of all the rookie quarterbacks that are playing in the NFL currently, he's probably playing the best and in the best situation too. So I think both Belichick and Brady are fine with their situation, especially Brady. He just has another ring to go on his finger. So I think they're fine right now. Josina, you know what I heard Tyler just say? He just got into his dating stuff all over again. You know, all I heard was, you know, Tom Brady was jealous that Bill Belichick wanted a new boo in Jimmy Garoppolo. And he stayed in the same relationship for a couple more years. And now Tom Brady said, you know what? I'm going to up and leave. I'm going to get me a new boo. And I'm going to put a ring on it, too. That's that's all I hear, Josina. Well, you know what's really funny as I listen to both of you talk about this, and even though as much as sports is about sports and it's about, you know, the X's and O's and the schemes and all of this other stuff, it's, you know, it's also about communication. It's about relationships and, you know, and relationship management just as much as anything. And as Tyler was bringing up, you know, that wound that came up when, uh, your head coach is trying to, you know, wink his eye at another quarterback, not so much because he doesn't appreciate you. I'm sure that's what Belichick would say and feel, but because just in general, if you look at how he treats the other 52 players on the roster, Belichick is always trying to be a year or two ahead of when you actually, um, you know, show that true attrition so that you're not um, making that same mistake of not turning the roster over. And I think one side of him wanted to be like, you know, Tom Brady, you're, you're not the, you're not different in that aspect, except that Tom Brady is. And I think that's where, that's what Bill Belichick missed in that instance is that, you know, once you start accumulating those rings, you are in rarefied air and you deserve that. And that, and that I think Belichick also has to realize you're not in a position to do some of these other things with these 52 players, if you don't have me. So 
there is, you know, uh, accomplishments and, and, and ca you know, cachet on both sides. But Belichick, I think, really, really needed to realize that there are other strong head coaches and teams in the league. And he, much easier, can go to a team and find those resources than Belichick can find a quarterback like Tom Brady. And that is the difference. <laughs> okay, I got to ask you to a question now. I got to ask you to a question. Do you think Bill Belichick regrets the way he handled the whole Tom Brady situation. I'm sure there are regrets on both sides. I think in just in life in general. I mean, what you if you look back at something you did two days ago, there's something you regretted. I mean, you regret something. You could always look back. I was just talking about that with a friend of mine this morning. I mean, you could look back at something and think, oh man, I wish I would have done this or like just even seven days ago or two months ago. So that's that's just life in general. It's it's not so much that you're going to encounter things that you regret or that you would change. It's your willingness to actually do that and acknowledge that to the other person person. That's what it really is. You know, will you come back and say, you know what, it should have been like this, or what's your effort in trying to make amends with that? We all mess up every day. We all have regrets. We wish we could have done this better to this T, but how much are you willing to admit it and, or how much are you willing to acknowledge, or even just tell that person, you know what, I needed you. You totally bailed me out or you're special or whatever it is, you know? And that, that's why it, it really comes down to that. It really does. <laughs> Yeah, I think for me, into this and this layers of Belichick and Brady, I look at it, and you know, you, you go back and you look at the Patriots dynasty and the the quote unquote Patriot way and and what the Belichick way is. But really, I think this is it, it was the Brady way, and, and Brady was the one that was on the field throwing these touchdown passes, left New England to win a title with another team, and you know, I I think you know, looking back, I'm not sure if Tom Brady regrets the breakup. I think Bill Belichick. <laughs> probably doesn't either because he's you know maybe hard-headed or stuck in his ways or really really confident in of his ability as a coach of course I mean, I mean look at all them losses of course uh, compared to what tom brady accomplished in the same year he won't admit it <laughs> you know yeah i'm interested i think we both well, all three of us agree that the bucks have a better chance to win this game than the patriots do um and i think we're all going to remember tom brady winning the ring and having the ultimate satisfaction of winning a title without belichick um, but I'm interested to see, like, guys, if, if we could think for a second about this for, for, for a quick second here. What happens if Belichick and the, and the Patriots win this game over Brady? Is that the ultimate, like, I, I, you know, that's the ultimate trump card for Bill Belichick if he's able to get out a win and scheme out a defense that can stop Tom Brady in this game? No, I, because, yeah, go ahead, Tyler, please. I, I don't think so because... Tom Brady has jewelry. <laughs> he won the Super Bowl last year. That's the ultimate trump card. And I think Bill Belichick, I, I mean, he obviously regrets some things that he did, but he's a competitor too. And by playing a rookie quarterback, he's playing the long game. He knows he's not going to win this year and next year, but maybe three, four, five years down the line, still a head coach in New England, maybe then you'll start seeing the fruits of his labor and he might get another uh, Lombardi trophy in New England. So I think Bill Belichick and the Patriots, they're playing the long game. They know Brady, 44 years old, not going to play too much longer, we think. But <laughs> to answer your question, even if the Patriots win, that's not going to say anything. That's not going to be a, a cap in Bill Belichick's hat because Tom Brady won a Super Bowl without him. And Bill Belichick, I think he's playing – he's always playing checkers. And so far, his checkers, his hand, whatever, was not good last year. But 
He's playing the long game, and maybe three, four, five years down the line, we'll see if his ultimate decision to say goodbye to Tom Brady was the right one. Right now, the answer is no, but we'll see in the future. I think we can answer this question thoroughly three, four, five years down the line. Well, you know, the, the go ahead, Emily. Can he really shut it all out? Or are, are Bill Belichick and Tom Brady just not playing all their cards? And, and will this be emotional for them on some level? Yeah, I definitely think so, Emily. And I think, um, you know, they're just Tom Brady has to stay in the moment here. I, I think he's going to have some quiet moments always um, throughout the rest of his life and still very much so last season with Tampa Bay during the Super Bowl run and this season as well, too, where he's going to think about all the things that happened in New England. It's only natural. Is he going to offer up those thoughts and feelings to us publicly so we can dissect them and talk about them, you know, on a podcast like this or for, you know, the talking heads every time, you know, there's a segment comes up about this game. But, um, you know, they're both going to stay in the moment. They both know what the deal is here. Tom Brady knows that he needs to lead, you know, lead Tampa Bay to get a win in New England this week um, to put the icing on the cake on him leaving. And Bill Belichick knows, too, that if he can coach up a great team and somehow, some way pull out a win this week, um, against the Bucks, that you know maybe he can have the last laugh too. Yeah, there's going to be some internal motivation on both sides. Belichick wants to beat Tom Brady and beat him bad uh, at home, and Tom Brady certainly wants to get a huge win in New England. You know, athletes are human too. There's going to be some motivation on both sides to approve a point. I don't think in the grand scheme of things it's going to prove that much because at the end of the day, it's about those rings and Lombardi trophies. But there's going to be some emotion and motivation definitely behind this game because of all their years together. Well, I I say that it's not like you're not going to notice it, right? So just to kind of keep our theme going here, it's not like, you know, if a husband and wife are walking down the street and a beautiful lady walks by that the husband is not going to notice it, but he knows how to comport himself. Put the shades on. Yes, yes, right? But so he's definitely, it's not like he's not going to notice, shut your mouth. It's not like he's not going to notice, you know, all of the lore and all this other stuff in his return. However, I do think it is possible, depending on how much you, you know, you know, what your spiritual level is, how much you practice your cheat, whatever it is that is your sphere of, you know, getting yourself in a certain place. I do think it's possible that you can be so tuned in that, you are in this place of just, you know, just level where it's all about, you know, execution. And, and, and the most recent example of that, I would just say, and I know we're going to talk about, you know, OBJ. And as I was talking about some, you know, you know, with some sources and obviously talking to him as well, but like, I think that's the exact same place that he was in, in his return after what it what was it? 366 days of just being out um, where, he was just at this quiet place and it was just all good and wasn't too hype, wasn't too low. It was just like, you know, today's a day. And and that's really just to kind of bring those two things together, what he was looking for, you know, just that, just that, that, you know, when it's that time within yourself. And so to answer this question, I do believe that it's, it's possible for Tom Brady to be in that place and just so focused where he's not shifted by the hoorah and just comes in there locked in. And then once that countdown clock hits double zero, it's another level. And I do believe he's coming in there with that, that level. <laughs>
All right, guys. Another game I'm going to keep an eye on this week is the Pittsburgh Steelers, one and two, going up to Green Bay, Wisconsin to face Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, who are two and one. Uh, Tyler, you got to see Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams go into straight beast mode in the final seconds of that game on Monday night in San Francisco. Um, the Packers definitely look like a different team that they were in week one against the Saints where they lost and uh, Jameis Winston threw five touchdowns. That, oh, sounds seems like so long ago, right? And then, uh, you know, we're looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers here who had a, w- a win in week one over the Buffalo Bills. Looked like they were um, very much, you know, could be a playoff contender, uh, a team that could really go deep. And then Ben Roethlisberger doesn't look the same the last two weeks. Uh, guys, I'm interested in this matchup. Tyler, you're shaking your head. Talk to me, man. What what you got coming up for this uh, the Steelers Packers game? What you what you got? In the words of Aaron Rodgers, the Packers Packers Nation can officially relax. The Packers look back. Oh, there is as good as advertised. No, seriously, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, they're the best one two combination in the mm. league. They mm. were looking outstanding in San Francisco, Santa Clara to make it official, but they were really good uh, against 49ers. I was really impressed. And it was funny because I was talking to Aaron Rodgers after the game, and the whole stadium knew he was going to Devontae Adams in that last fourth quarter drive. And, you know, we were asking him, you know, why is your relationship and your rapport with Devontae Adams so good? Why didn't you look at any other receivers? And he basically said, I like playing the percentages. And anytime uh, I throw to Devontae Adams, it's a high percentage throw. And it definitely is. He leads the league in receptions. I expect the Packers to uh, win pretty handily. And then the other side, how I said Packers Nation can relax. Um, It's time to push the panic button in Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger, he's only completed three passes beyond 20 yards. His arm looks shot. He's playing like a 39-year-old, old, old, old quarterback. The offense looks really old. The offensive line, they switched it up this season. They're not really protecting him well. Najee Harris, that's a lone bright spot on the offense. And then on defense, without T.J. Watt, their defense takes several steps back, and they are not the same without him as a pass rusher. And, you know, this team in uh, Pittsburgh, they aren't looking good at all. To lose to the Bengals like that, a Bengals team that is promising, they have a, some pieces, but to lose to them, to lose to the Raiders, I expect Pittsburgh to lose three straight games, and it's uh, officially time. I'm, I'm pressing the panic button in Pittsburgh. So, but here is a good example to juxtapose this against what we were just talking about with what Belichick was trying to to achieve and obviously too soon in Tom Brady's case that do you think is now happening with you know the Pittsburgh Steelers when it comes yes. to Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> yes I'm looking I'm looking at that the same way Josina I'm, I'm looking at Big Ben's time in Pittsburgh it's looking like it's going to be a little too long um, you you have a longtime quarterback a longtime situation here where you don't want to have a breakup right you, you what is Mike Tomlin supposed to do with the quarterback that won him uh, one Super Bowl, at least two Super Bowls, right? One or two Super Bowls there in Pittsburgh. What are the Steelers supposed to do? Push Ben, B- Big Ben out because, you know, he's getting older. His arm doesn't look like it has the same juice it did a couple years ago. And the Steelers defense right now, as it stands with guys like Minka Fitzpatrick, um, you know, leading that, that unit, Joe Hayden, uh, a bunch of other guys. They have the best defense in the league. If, if you ask me, I think Pittsburgh has a win now defense and, and it's just, they're not getting enough from 
Big Ben on offense because, you know, they're 25th in total offense right now, 28th in points scored. They got Najee Harris in the first round of the draft last year, but they're 32nd in rushing with that new O-line that Tyler mentioned um, just now, too. Um, I would agree it's time to hit the panic button. Mike Tomlin said they're not going to hit the panic button, but they're going to need as much juice as they can. Whatever juice is left that they can squeeze <laughs> out of, of Big Ben's arm, Pittsburgh is going to need it because, you know, that that's a talented team that should make some noise in the playoffs. And it's just a matter of Big Ben, you know, stepping up. And you, you know, see, Go ahead, Tyler. And you kind of saw it coming last year. They got off to that hot 11-0 and start. And then they lost four of their next five games and then proceeded to lose in the first round of the playoffs to Josina's Cleveland Browns. So <laughs> they aren't – if you saw this train coming and ben, Big Ben, yes, he's a Hall of Famer. He's going to be in Canton, but – as it stands right now, it's looking like father time is not only knocking on his door, he's in his living room. Well, here, here's the thing that's interesting, though. Like, you know, when you're making moves and you're making roster decisions, and I'm going to rewind the clock on the Pittsburgh Steelers really quickly, you know, when everything was going down with Le'Veon Bell, right? And you have another talent in the stable and uh, James Conner, and, you know, he's holding out because he just wants two million more, a million and a half more. And everything is all good when James Conner is playing well. And obviously James is a, is a big talent. But I kept saying, I remember at the time, kept saying this over and over again, what happens when something happens to James? Then everybody, oh, we're good. Da, da, da. And I just, and I, and sometimes it's just amazing how it, it, it just feels like certain things can be short-sighted. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that Le'Veon's departure is everything, but I certainly believe it is a cog in where they are now. And so it's just, and even though Le'Veon is not necessarily playing up to where I'm, I would think, you know, he would want to be, or, or even how things have transpired since his departure. But that's why it's like, the, and I, let me just say this, and not because I'm a hundred years old, but I, I even, I say this in my own evolution is like, the older you get, the, the more you realize that there are certain boats that come by and sometimes it's okay if you miss them, right? It's okay if this boat, this yacht comes by, that's okay. But then there are certain boats that you just cannot miss and you don't get it back. And that, and that is sometimes you learn that the older that you get. So you really have to, when you're in those moments, you got to slow down and ask yourself, and this is like, this is, this is Tomlin, this is uh, uh, Colbert, this is all those guys up in Pittsburgh. Is this what we really want to do? Is, is a million difference really worth this? You see what I'm saying in terms of making this point or keeping the steel away when it comes to how they, they do contracts that they just recently broke for TJ Watt, <laughs> you know, with all the, you know, guaranteed money beyond the signing bonus. So, you know, but they didn't want to do it then. <laughs> it seems like a hundred years ago when the Pittsburgh Steelers had Antonio Brown on the outside and Le'Veon Mike Bell Wallace. in the backfield. and a, All a, of those guys on one team. A, a and stout like offensive line. <laughs> yeah, stout yeah. offensive line to go. It seems like a very, very long time ago. Those days in Pittsburgh are over. And that window is closing fast if it's not already shut. And it just goes to show you how delicate it is. Like, mm -hmm. just because stuff is all good today 
and just and I I'm sorry I'm always philosophical like that but it, things can because I've lived it you know things can turn just like that <laughs> and and you have to appreciate those boats you know what I'm saying I say that all the time so now but now Le'Veon's in a different place the Chiefs have moved on without him you know now he's on uh you know with the Ravens and trying to you know catch on there you wouldn't have thought that you wouldn't have thought that how many years ago yeah the Steelers definitely changed because you know Antonio Brown was there Le'Veon Bell was there. And then you had guys behind them like Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner, like you mentioned, Josina. Um, but nobody was coming behind Ben Roethlisberger. And, and that, that's been the big, you know, story here for the Steelers this season. And guys, you talked about, you know, the window being closed or, or you know, on its way out in Pittsburgh. I think the window is very much on its way being shut in Green Bay with, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Those guys have hinted that this might be their last season together in Green Bay. They would like to play together um again so you know if this is rogers last year in green bay where's he gonna play is the Devontae adams gonna join him can green bay save this and have a great season so they can stay together like tom brady did just go shopping you know and go find a team where you just insert yourself just like that and and listen and just to give you another example with the steelers i remember is it the same first of all just to say this real quick this one make me laugh i remember when i first was covering the steelers and ab and um what's my man from the uh the bills the wide receiver emmanuel sanders and mike wall and they called themselves the bugatti boys i was just laughing at that now because they, they had their lockers together they were the bugatti boys but anyways but then uh, fast forward into what i was about to say is that I remember, you know, by the time Juju Smith-Schuster came in there and A.B., you know, was there and there was this little, you know, friction at the time, you know, and, and A.B. was saying, because everyone was giving love to Juju and, you know, he's got, he was doing this flair and all this other stuff. But A.B., just like, you know, Belichick was getting a side comment in, was getting his little side comments and you knew what he was trying to say, even though he did say more explicit terms at times. But basically what his sentiment was, was that Juju, you're getting those looks because I'm getting double teamed. So if I'm not here, it's completely going to change. You see what I'm saying? And then in AB's departure, it, it, it was, it has been different for Juju. It's a different game. So you got to realize that just like with the DNs on the opposite sides of the defensive line, are you getting all these sacks because everybody's on Miles Garrett or whatever it is, just to give you another Browns. <laughs> Favorite team, man. I mean, I'm just saying that because I'm just playing to the field. I'm playing to the field. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead. (laughs) Well, guys, if there's anything we realized here through the first two segments of this podcast is uh, if things are are looking nice, if things are sweet, don't look don't look elsewhere. Don't don't wink your eye at another boo. You know that's so unnecessary. You know, stay stay with the stay with the one you're with. Okay, things things are going well. Work it out. That is not what I got at all. That is a weird. I got away is get out of that relationship before you're in it way too long. Yeah, yeah. Like, what were you listening to? I'm all. Clearly, I'm all for the toxicity. Are you Jennifer Aniston or Angelina Jolie? We are completely confused here. I'm clearly, I'm clearly all for the toxicity right here. So time now for our prediction segment with our two illustrious debonair male NFL insiders on this show. And you know we are starting with the the team that you guys just love to talk about in the Cleveland Browns who are 2-1 and facing the 1-2 and Vikings. Uh, Last week's game for the Browns featured OBJ's return in which he had five receptions for 77 receiving yards. 
Um, going up against the Vikings, able to get one win under their belt finally. Uh, I think it's interesting. I'll just insert really quickly that this will be the second game for OBJ in his return. And the second game, will they'll have to deal with the absence of Jarvis Landry. I do think we'll see an even bigger game from their star wide receiver. And the Vikings are just getting their groove back. How are these two teams going to collide? Josina, I look at your Cleveland Browns, your, your favorite to win the Super Bowl last season, which <laughs> didn't happen. Sorry. I look at that Cleveland team. They are so loaded. Mm-hmm. This has We talked about Tom Brady and the, the Buccaneers being loaded. I think Cleveland might be the most loaded team in the NFL. OBJ, Jarvis Landry, like you said, he's going to be out. But Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Baker Mayfield has so much time to throw in that pocket with that offensive line. And on defense, Miles Garrett was on a complete tear. Poor Justin Fields last week. Um, I think the Vikings, although they're going to be at home, although they played much better the last two weeks, um, I think they're going to lose to the Browns by six in this game. Um, I don't know how much longer Dalvin Cook is going to be out with his injury. I believe it's an ankle injury. Um, but if, if the Vikings aren't at full strength, the Browns are too loaded um, for this matchup. Stop it. I'm tired of you looking at my notes before these picks, <laughs> but <laughs> I have the Cleveland Browns too. As you said, they are loaded. I really love the backfield combination of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They are killing it right now. Then Miles Garrett on the defensive end is leading the league with five and a half sacks. I think they're going to have an easy time versus the Minnesota Vikings. I definitely have the Cleveland Browns winning this one. Well, you guys agreeing here. Uh, We'll see if it ends up going this way. Just like you know with any game, anything can happen when it comes to injuries, attrition, or whatever. So we'll see if it goes that way. Let's move on quickly to the Chiefs that are 1-2 and right now. I have to ask you about that if you guys were surprised because I remember a certain someone whose last name uh, rhymes with Bragan, um, you know, seemed to pick the Chiefs every time that we're in this segment. And they're going up against the 1-2 and Eagles who may I don't even know how you guys are going to describe what you saw Monday Night Football with how they were looking a little bit discombobulated. You had Jalen Hurts throwing two touchdowns, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He was the leading rusher uh, on that uh, in that game, just with 35 rush yards. They couldn't get the rush game going. So, what do you expect when these two teams collide? And they have the? Did you think they would have the same record entering this game? <laughs> Stop it! I have to go first because yeah, that that that, that shot. <laughs> That shot that Josina just gave me. I mean, I, I don't think your I don't think your last name uh, rhymes with that. So I, I believe I, I I believe she was talking about me. Okay, you know, but that's that's okay. <laughs> Man, that 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 was a not so subtle shot. Man. So I did. I did not expect the Chiefs to be one and two. This is the first time uh, since Patrick Mahomes has been a starting quarterback that they have a losing record. So this is a shock for me and everybody else. Um, I know Joe Cena is going to be shocked by this pick, but I am picking the Chiefs to uh, Mm. get the win. Get to win this week. It's, It's not time to panic in Kansas City. What they need to do is take care of football. And that goes for Patrick Mahomes and the entire offense. Stop throwing interceptions. Uh, Clyde Hilaire needs to stop fumbling the football. Um, So that's their main concern is taking care of that football. And let's hope 
on a pot, I mean, uh, on a personal note, that Andy Reid is okay. He was mm. administered to the yeah. hospital, so let's make sure that uh, so he is skinny. okay. Um, but yeah, I do have the Chiefs uh, winning this game and uh, getting to two and two. Josina, we talk so much about you and your Cleveland Browns that uh, we don't talk enough about bragging dragons. Uh, L.A. Chargers. He loves Justin Herbert. He loves Justin Herbert more than I like Tua. All right. <laughs> I was surprised that, you know, Justin Herbert came back and won that game. Like you said, Patrick Mahomes threw an interception um, late in that game that led to the Chiefs loss last week. Um, two, two in a row. They've lost two in a row. First time since 2019. But that was the same year that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. So no panic there. I got the Chiefs by 24 this week um, over the Eagles. Um, the Eagles were my pick last week to beat the Cowboys. Obviously a bad pick. I told you guys straight up on the podcast, I only picked the Eagles so that Tyler could catch up in his record standing with us. Oh, I'm so getting we finished, shot by everybody. We today, both finished 3-2 and two last week because I picked the Eagles to help out Tyler. Um, I'm going to brag about that. Brag and dragon. <laughs> but we got the Chiefs. We got the Chiefs this week too, man. I, I got the Chiefs by twenty four. Twenty four uh, points. Twenty four points, Tyler. Wow. Twenty four points. All wow. right, guys. Well, let's move on to the Ravens, who are two and one. They've actually had some very exhilarating wins. When you see what happened with Justin Tucker making that sixty six yard field goal, and just the way that they were able to win against the Chiefs with that uh, fourth and one uh, decision at the thirty three yard line. Uh, they are going up against the three and O Broncos. And I, listen, I have a lot of Broncos fans that uh, follow me on Twitter just because I worked in that market for six years. And I have seen all of the euphoria over Teddy. But the interesting thing, guys, is when you look at who they played, I believe, what is it, the Jaguars, Jets and Giants or something like that. All of the teams I know that they played are 0-3 right now. So this is the real first test for the Broncos and Teddy Bridgewater to see if you can do it up against a more formidable team. With that said, guys, and the euphoria that the Ravens are coming off with the Justin Tucker game-winning field goal, who do you think is going to win? Which team is going to win this game? Yeah, Josina, I think, you know, you can't fault the Broncos for being 3-0. You, know? you can't fault them for who they played. They played the teams in front of them, and they're undefeated yeah. going into this week. But uh, Lamar Jackson is the biggest star in this in this game. Um, I really expect a bounce back game from Hollywood Brown. He dropped two touchdowns last week in Detroit. It should have never got to the point where Justin Tucker had to make the uh, NFL record for the longest field goal kick um, in that game to beat Detroit. But I got the Ravens by seven over the Broncos. I think they uh, they don't really blow out uh, Denver as much. I think Denver's defense is really good. Teddy Bridgewater's playing really well. Hopefully they can put it together and, and have a nice outing against Baltimore. But Tyler, I got the, I got the Ravens over uh, by seven, man. The Broncos have had one of the easiest schedules to start the season in NFL history. (laughs) The Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets. I mean, at at least the Jaguars and the Jets, in my opinion, those are the two worst teams in the National Football League. All three teams are combined 0-9. I think the Broncos, their record is fool's gold. They're going to take an L this week. I got Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. By 10 points, I don't think it's going to be that close. The Broncos' defense, they are pretty good. They do have nice edge rushers and Von Miller and those boys, but no. Come on now. I mean, don't you know, say it if you don't no. have the feeling to it behind it in your head. Right, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to give I'm, I'm going to say it. No, no. <laughs> I'm going to give them some some respect because I respect mm-hmm. Von Miller and mm-hmm. their, their defense, but their 3 0 record, that's fool's gold. Let's be flat out. That's fool's goal. They've had the easiest three-game start that I have seen in a while. 
I think uh, our producer, Emily, just put a big red circle over that clip so that in the event that the Broncos pull this out, we're going to run it back where you said, okay. what did you just say? How did you do? What was the example? I said their record is fool's gold. Okay. And All they've right. had the easiest three-game start, one of the easiest three-game starts in NFL history. Okay. You have the Jaguars and the Jets who are probably the two worst teams in the National Football League, and the Giants, which is probably the third worst team in the National Football League. So. Tyler, poor Tyler, just beating up on the on the zero and nine, Lord, on the zero and three team. They're zero and nine. They let's have as call, many wins as Alicia all of us. On the phone and get a credential for you to cover the Jaguars, Jets, and Giants, and we'll see if you're is, is no. his is his seat still in the press box? Okay, I just please <laughs> do, do not send me to I, that I Jaguars and Jets game in week sixteen. I, I, just, Listen, know I just came from a Jaguars game. Okay, okay. Yeah. it was quite oh, a great experience. You got a couple experience. shoe boxes. You gonna put a couple shoe boxes and he gonna sit on that? Okay, I understand. Please okay. no, <laughs> do not send me to that Jaguars game <laughs> in week sixteen. I rather I rather watch paint dry. Do not send me there. Take, see, you can, see I, Emily, this is what you need to do. You have to cut. This is how you do. You got to cut the video clips of these portions, and then you retweet these portions, and then you let all the savage fans come out. And then see, and then that's how it blows up. See, just like how they do me in Philly, where they just a whole article. You just Google Josie and the Eagles is just like a hundred articles. So you start putting that stuff. Like, hey, then then we see if you really take the incoming. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just saying. I rather watch paint dry. Do okay. not send me All to right, that. Emily. Do not, we, we, do we not send Emily me to that week 16 game. Emily and I know what the role cue is. That's 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 what it is. Do All not right. send me to that week 16 game, please, Alicia. Our boss, to, do not send me to that game. Oh gosh. All right, <laughs> let's move on, guys, to our next game: the Seahawks, who are one and two, coming up against the 49ers, who are two and one. I'm really curious. This is an interesting matchup because. You know, the 49ers and the way that they played um, against the Packers, that game could have really gone any way for, say, for a few plays. We know that Josh Norman, we were just talking about him uh, before we came on, ended up in the hospital with a couple bruised lungs and things like that and uh, should be on the mend, you know, as long as um, everything stays the way that the doctors expected. And here the Seahawks, you know, dropped the game when you didn't necessarily think that they would. So I'm actually not really too sure of how to make this matchup here. Josina, don't worry. I'm going to let you know how to make it out, all okay, right? All the right. Seahawks are going to win this game. Mm. Russell Wilson, they're going to get back to 500. Mm. The Seahawks team is too good. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett has been a monster the first couple of games as well. Um, but if there's any time on the clock, if 49ers have a lead late like they did last week against the Packers, I'm going to take Russell Wilson again too, Tyler. I think I think the Seahawks beat, this, beat the 49ers by three. Um, I think 49ers might be a little fool's goal as well, Tyler. Take that on a clip, put it on social media, Josina. Mm. I said it, but I got the Seahawks by three this week, Tyler. Mm. Sop is trying to maintain his one-game lead on me because mm. we have the same pick again. The problem in Seattle hasn't been their offense. It's been their defense. Mm. They have given up a lot of yards and a lot of points in their first three games. But I do think Bobby Wagner, Jamal Adams, they're going to fix those defensive issues. We all know what Russell Wilson can do in DK Metcalf. I do have Seattle beating the San Francisco 49ers at Levi Stadium by, give me six points. Six points. Six points, that's all? Yeah, it's going to be a close game, a divisional matchup. NFC West, these two teams know each other real well, but I do have the Seahawks winning. I, I do think they're not as bad as their record indicates. 
Okay, well, you know, everybody is talking about Belichick versus Brady, but this is really, to me, a hot matchup between the undefeated Cardinals 3-0 and the undefeated Rams at 3-0. Pan, I know we have been talking about how this team has been playing, the Cardinals, uh, the Rams just seem like they're on this steez. If I can just enter that in there with this just whole L.A. vibe and Matt Stafford feeling the euphoria of freedom, getting out of Detroit. And I think it's just flowing to the rest. Of, I mean, it's almost like you can feel it on the TV. So now and then, but 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 their head coach for the Cardinals, you know, he's got, even though he's not in Hollywood, got a little Hollywood vibe to him. I know we all seen that one picture during the draft where he was in his uh, living room with the glass with you know in the living room and the, the floor to ceiling windows put up on the table and the and the and the fireplace so he's got that vibe too um who do y'all think is gonna win this somebody's gonna come out of here not undefeated yes Josina you're talking about Cliff Kingsbury the Cardinals yes. coach yes and uh poor Tyler I actually had to go to Jacksonville I covered the Cardinals in Jacksonville sorry. last week don't sorry. be sorry I got to see how handsome Cliff Kingsbury is in person oh my gosh he's very well dressed very put together very handsome man you can give him his props for that like Josina just did as well mm. um guys uh you know Tyler I'm, I'm gonna give it to you this week man the Rams looked amazing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers they look like the best team in the NFL I'm gonna allow you to get to 500 this week I'm picking the Cardinals, man. I'm picking the Cardinals in this game. I like Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's playing really, really well. They had some third down problems against Jacksonville last week. I think they get it together this week. DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green's playing well. And that Cardinals defense, uh, Chandler Jones is probably early defensive defensive player of the year. J.J. Watt's playing really well as well. Um, I, I I like the Cardinals in this one. I think the Cardinals finally play up to their competition this week, and I think they beat the Rams. Rams by uh, I got the Cardinals by seven. See, you don't have a lot of courage in your conviction because you said you slipped up and said the Rams, but you know, okay. So I two two things. One, I think Josina has something against LA because she always talks about LA all the time. She just she just mad. She just mad. You getting to go to LA all the time. You Tyler Sushi Dragon don't mean I got something against the whole state. Good lord, you know what I'm saying? I think I think she has something against LA. And Safi, you really did surprise me. You're picking the Cardinals. Wow. Now, Kyler Murray, he is an early season MVP candidate. I really like the way he is playing football right now. And as you said, Chandler Jones, five sacks. He's playing really good football in a contract year. But with all that being said, the Rams are probably playing the best football in the National Football League. I really like what I see from them on both sides of the ball. Aaron Donald, best player, in my opinion, in the game. You got Jalen Ramsey on the back end, at cornerback playing well. Then an offense, Matthew Stafford's career looks kind of revitalized in L.A. You got the sunshine. You got Hollywood. You know, you got all the stars out. You know, your arm feeling a lot better. Your legs feeling a lot better. And that's all it takes, better. you know. That's sometimes, all it takes sometimes. Listen, w- women, we know sometimes when, when you're having a bad day, all it takes is a good bottle of red lipstick. You see what I'm saying? You thought I was going to say something else. Sometimes you just put on that red lipstick and, and it just, it gives you a whole nother, you know, strong jet, you know, whatever it is. And then, so it's the same thing. Like Matt Stafford, he goes out to LA, you get around different people. It's the sun, it's a different vibe. And that's why I keep saying, you know, I, I think there's even a movie called Sliding Doors. You know what I mean? It's like, just like that, things can change just like bloop, bloop, bloop. So good for him. You I mean, you mean? got the snow and the cold weather. Then you got the beach. You got the sunshine. You got Santa Monica. You got Venice. Come on. Like, 
who who cannot love that? But yeah, I do got the um, Rams beating the Arizona Cardinals, even though the Cardinals are playing pretty good football. I have the Rams winning by eight. Mm, okay. Ooh, a nice eight point win. All right, all right, okay, okay. I like that. I like that, Tyler. I'm gonna tell you right now, the Cardinals. I, I think they need to play up to the competition. I, I I don't think they've done that the first three weeks. Um, Cliff Kingsbury had a bad call against the Jaguars last week for them to trot out their kicker for like a 68-yard field goal that got returned for for a kick six, 109-yard touchdown. Somehow they didn't let that t- that touchdown beat them in that game last week against the charge uh, against the Jaguars. But um, I think the Rams team. I think they might have put so much stock into the Bucks game that they might lose a little juice for this Cardinals let, prep. A letdown game. It could be a good letdown game for them. That's why. That's why I picked them. Okay. That's why I picked the Cardinals. Well, we'll see how y'all y'all's picks culminate. Who pulls in front of who? Do you guys, you know, both go in the wrong direction? Always very excited to see how you all are doing because we know whoever is the winner of these predictions by the end of the season always owes me a tenderloin dinner with so Ruth Chris. I'm just so I'm so I'm looking forward to it. Well, Don't I win well, either way? Is hey, you remember the movie Shooter with um what's my man uh Danny Glover and what's my man um one of the brothers? What's the brother? Come on now. What's the brother? Uh the guy from know. Boston. Come on, Marky Mark Mark Wahlberg. Y'all supposed to know this. And at the end of the movie, you know, Danny Glover, when he tries to show him that it couldn't have been his gun because, you know, whatever, whatever, he took the bullet out, and Danny Glover turned to him and said, Hey, whatever with the presentation, I always win. It's just like this with the predictions. You see what I'm saying? When it don't matter who y'all lose, I'm gonna win with this Ruth Chris dinner. That's all I'm saying. So see, stop it. I think that falls on you. You owe her a Ruth Chris dinner because I'm offering free dating advice every oh. you know podcast. So wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's 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 get the let's get the bet straight. So whoever mm-hmm. has the best record on the predictions. Yes. Has to buy Josina dinner. So if I win and I picked all the right picks, I still got to. No, who, it's because that's has part work. of the win. Oh. Y'all want to do it? Who lose? Okay, we can do it. Listen, it don't. I win either way, so it don't really matter. Y'all, it's whatever who, it's who granular loses. fine print details at the bottom of the contract, y'all want to make you realize it doesn't change the terms, huh? But it, but if the Browns. We need to figure this out, Tyler, because I'm gonna win these picks, and then you know I'm gonna be busy for the whole rest of the season after in the off season. So I, you know, I won't be able to meet up with Josina. Yeah, I won't be able to either because then I got to go cover tracks. So. Oh, what uh, happened yeah. was what happened. <laughs> what happened? Oh, don't don't worry. There's this thing called um. Well, I ain't gonna even say it because it's a reporter's tool, but I can find y'all. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Guys, this was week four of It's a Football Podcast brought to you by USA Today Sports. We want you to download the USA Today Sports Plus app in your Apple Store and Google Play. We want you to fan harder with USA Today Sports. It's a football podcast. Find it now on the USA Today Sports Plus app where the biggest fans fan harder. Suck up.